speaking of emotional letdowns, hmm. that's what I'm actually expecting out of the Wolfpack, or at least what I was expecting out of the Wolfpack last night at PNC Arena. And it was it was a double down on emotional letdowns, if you will, or at least potentials for emotional letdowns. The first is the obvious. You had the 1983 team being honored for the 40th anniversary. It was really cool to see Sidney Lowe in the red blazer. Apparently, he has not worn that red blazer since the last time he was in the ACC tournament as head coach oh, wow. of NC State. So it was cool to see him. It was cool to see the surviving members of that team. And it was cool to hear Kevin Keats talk about connecting with those guys and having uh, those guys talk to this team. And I, I think there's a – I don't want to say there's a direct parallel between the two, but I will say that this Wolfpack squad, this this year's Wolfpack squad, has been highly entertaining to watch, which gets us to the other emotional letdown. And I tweeted this last night as NC State started to pull away from the Wake Forest. I said it's kind of odd to watch an NC State team handle prosperity. And – Look, this comes from a place of 20-some-odd-plus years of watching NC State athletics. If Chilio were with me right now, he would agree with me. You're not used to seeing NC State, when they fly close to the sun, survive. So I thought there would be a little bit of an emotional letdown for them in this game against Wake Forest, who's desperate to make the NCAA tournament. And early on in that game last night, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, both coaches called it a game of horse Guys were just dotting shots. Yeah. There was no defense being played. But eventually, the issue for Wake Forest all season long has been that defense. NC State, uh, especially with Jarkel Joyner, started to get some stops. There started to be some turnovers. And the rest is history. So the Wolfpack at the win. And I'm impressed, man. There's really there's really no other way to describe what's going on with the Wolfpack right now. They're just impressive. Uh, you might want to quibble about whether or not they're the best team in the triangle whether or not they belong in the discussion as one of the best teams in the ACC, or, hey, maybe they're a team that can go the furthest when the NCAA tournament comes around. But there's one thing you can't dispute. Find me a team that's more fun to watch than the Wolfpack right now. Because Jarkel Joyner and Turquavion Smith, even on an off night for uh, for, Tur- Tur- for Turquavion Smith, you ha- when they have the ball, something cool is going to happen. And, of course, there's DJ Burns. When D- and Steve Forbes joked about it last night. When do you see a guy get the ball at the three-point line as a post player, for heaven's sake? He starts at the three-point line, and he usually finds a way to shimmy down near the basket and hit that floater. So, Wolfpack are entirely fun to watch. Here's Kevin Keats on why last night and the performance last night against Wake Forest with the 83 team was special. I wanted these guys' experience over the last couple days to kind of be perfect. And from my standpoint, perfect was being able to, to win on the night that they were going to be honored. And so uh, give, all, go, give all of our players a lot of credit. Um, I thought they stepped up. Uh, we needed the win for, obviously, us um, to get to 12 wins in the conference, and I think 22 overall. But it wasn't just a, just a win. It was a special night with so many special guys in the building. So that's Kevin Keats, since he stayed head basketball coach last night after their win against Wake Forest. Here's Terquavion Smith on what they learned from hanging out with the 83 team that was honored last night at PNC Arena. It's our love, you know. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, I'll say that's that's the motto that I have for the team. Uh, we all love each other. Uh, talking with the 83 team, he told us that back then it was about love. They all loved each other. They all do. They all made sure everybody was doing their responsibilities and staying on track. So. We just kept that and ran with it. 
So there's a there's a question. That's Traquavion Smith, NC State. There's a there's a question that we love to do this time of the year. You know, which is the best team in the state? App? No, that was football season. Oh, okay. Wrong one, Dennis. It's warm out. Uh, that's fair. It's very. Uh, it is. It is very football weather like outside right now. Spring has sprung early here. In, oh, this is probably a spring of deception. We're going to get some random snowstorm in the next couple of weeks. Just oh, yeah. watch. I'm calling it right now. But Terquavion Smith was asked about whether or not the Wolfpack was the best team in North Carolina. Is it safe to say that NC State is the best team in the state? Yes. <laughs> I feel like we are the best team in the state. Uh, we proved it. Uh, any, any, any other in North Carolina school 5-1? Hey, man, talk your talk. Talk your talk. What other schools five? I hey, I totally get it. And Tommy's N- wrong. And NC State's going to get another opportunity a week from now when they go to Cameron Indoor Stadium and take on Duke, a team that I'm bullish on, by the way. Blue Devils, uh, I feel, as as a healthy unit and finding themselves offensively to go along with a lot of games they've won defensively, I think is turning a corner. Miami might be the best team in the ACC, especially after what happened with Virginia last night, getting run by Boston College. Nobody expected that, but my goodness. When Virginia finds itself in a deficit, good luck getting back into these games. They're just not that group. That's tough to watch. Regardless, NC State, whether you want to quibble about best team or whatnot, the one thing you cannot argue, there is not a team that's having more fun than the Wolfpack. You know the opposite of having the most fun? That would be North Carolina. Uh, They got the win last night against Notre Dame, which is the point. That's one of those, hey, at least you didn't lose. Good for you, but that was one of the worst halves of basketball the Tar Heels have put together historically. And you can put up all sorts of other fun little statistics about just how bad their performance was last night in a win against a Notre Dame team that's struggling right now. And Brian Ives of the ACC Network put this stat out there. North Carolina shot 8.7% from three. It's worst in a game this season. Of course, you make up for that because Notre Dame can't rebound. This is where we get into that classic debate of whether or not you foul while up three. Last night, Hubert Davis did the right thing, calling a timeout, getting things set, and then fouling up three because it left Notre Dame in a position where they were going to have to clang one off the rim or the backboard to get that game tied up and potentially send it to overtime. But... When you have a season-high 23 offensive rebounds and plus 19 in the rebounding margin, I like your chances of pulling that rebound down in a crucial situation against the Irish. Now, last night was immaterial to North Carolina's NCAA chances. If they lost last night, everybody's wringing their hands and freaking out. I get that. But Notre Dame gets you nothing if you beat them. Those opportunities are Saturday against Virginia. And then the following Saturday against Duke. If North Carolina wins one of those two games or both, well, then they go into Greensboro for the ACC tournament with a chance. All right. If they lose those two games, which is entirely possible because Virginia historically has been a bad matchup for the Tar Heels. The Tar Heels are sloppy when they turn the ball over. Their shot selection is bad. And when you're going up against the pack line defense, they're going to suffocate you. and, And by all means, they'll take their chances on you taking risky shots. And then, again, I feel that Duke is turning a corner, and I like Duke's chances on the road to close out the season. If they lose if they lose those two games, it's a wrap for North Carolina. You cannot go into Greensboro 0-4 in quad one opportunities. You're going to have to win the NCAA. You're going to have to win the ACC tournament. You're going to have to pull a Virginia Tech, essentially, in order to get into the NCAA tournament, win the ACC tournament. There's nobody confident enough in this Tar Heels team to do that. 
And while there are some optimists out there, and Hubert Davis, head coach of the Tar Heels, is one of them, that likes to point out to last year, I don't know how many times we have to scream this. I don't know how many times I have to pound the table. Last year is immaterial, is moot to this year's squad. There is no move that has Darson, Dawson Garcia leaving the squad and Brady Manick coming in and having an abnormally high three-point shooting percentage down the stretch. They can't go to the bench either. I saw C.L. Brown of the News and Observer write about this, about you know developing North Carolina's bench, right? And the headline essentially was, you know, North Carolina needs bench scoring, but they have to play. Well, we saw some of that last night. And what did Puff Johnson get you? A bunch of bad shots. Mm-hmm. So we've seen enough now to understand that if they're going to win some basketball games, they're just going to have to roll w- with their usual guys and take their chances. It's on Armando Baycott. It's on R.J. Davis. It's on Caleb Love. It's on Leaky Black. Straight up. Now, if North Carolina can muck it up like they did last night against Notre Dame, where they can beat you with those second-chance points, they can beat you with the rebounding, all right, well, then maybe they can claw claw out a win or two down the stretch. Maybe they can claw out a win or two in the ACC tournament. But that's not what this season was about. This season was about getting back to the final. This season was about winning it all. That's why these guys came back. It's not going to happen for them. I, The optimist, I salute you, but I think we have enough sample size now for the Tar Heels to understand it ain't happening. Speaking of sample size, there's enough sample size of college basketball as we're approaching the final week of the regular season to understand that the ACC is not having a vintage year. And when the ACC is bad and the discourse has gotten to the point where it is, where people want to tell you the ACC is bad, understandably the coaches are not happy about this and some hardcore ACC fans are not happy about this. And folks are wondering, well, how can we change the perception? Well, that's a nuanced answer. There's a simple, very simple answer. You can win more. But there's a couple other factors at play that I don't think people are giving consideration as to why the ACC is discussed the way that it's discussed, and we'll discuss it next. I'm going to have to be measured in how I talk about this because I am perceived as by some as being an ACC homer, mm-hmm. and that's fine, whatever. We're an ACC country, so it's I'm not going to get too caught up in that. But I do like to think of myself as somebody as objective as possible when it comes to this stuff and tries to have a better understanding as to why things are the way that they are, okay? So let's start with the perception of the ACC. The ACC, by metrics, by numbers, by hard facts, is down. They're not one of the best conferences in the country. You cannot argue this point. There is no context to be added. Simple as that. That being said, we were in this position last year, and we know how the rest played out in March. You had three teams in the Elite Eight, two teams in the Final Four, one team in the Final. And as much as I like to make fun of Jim Beheim, he was right earlier this year when he talked about you can talk all you want about the regular season if you're the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the SEC. What do you do in March? That's what the NCAA tournament is about. That's what college basketball is about. What do you do in March? And consistently, the ACC is the team that does well in March. But there's other issues here. There's the simple answer, win more. But there's also a shift in how the ACC is being perceived for obvious reasons. Coach K just retired. So there goes credibility, so to speak. There goes something that you can look at and go, yep, there's the Hall of Famer. I trust in that guy. Same with Roy Williams. There has been a 
exodus of Hall of Fame coaches that had filled the ACC up, and we're left with good coaches and guys we don't know anything about yet because they literally just got started. And then the one Hall of Fame coach that's remaining, Jim Beheim, is kind of an ass. Hey, cranky old man. He needs to take a nap, straight up, all right? And this is something that Jeff Capel, Pitt's head coach, talked about during the ACC conference call on Monday when he talked about the shifting nature of the ACC and why things are looked at the way that they are. And it has a it's a very simple thing. The coaches are gone. I don't really understand it, you know, to be completely honest with you. I don't know if that, you know, Coach Smith, Coach K, Coach Williams, I don't know if it's because they're not here anymore. Um, so the national reputation of that, Coach Patino, same thing. Um, but I don't really get it. You know, when you look at the success that we've had in the NCAA tournament, when you look at the success we've had um, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, uh, if you look at what our guys have done nationally, um, as far as coaching, as far as players, as far as talent, as far as draft picks, you know, all of those things, it's, it's, it's more than anyone. And so uh, I've never really understood it. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's Jeff Capel, Pitt head coach, on Monday during the ACC coaches teleconference on kind of trying to answer his own question. I don't get it, but here's what I think it is, and I think he's right. It ultimately comes down to all the coaches that we knew and loved that had won national championships are not here anymore. And it's not happening at the schools like Miami or NC State, for that matter, being good this year. Those are not the kind of schools that the national media looks towards as a bellwether as to whether or not the ACC is good. This is the equivalent of SEC football. If Alabama and Georgia are not good in football, well, then the perception of the SEC is going to drop off a little bit. I mean, it's as simple as that. So Duke and Carolina being a transitionary period with John Shire and Hubert Davis has a lot to do with it. But Cable, Cable took it a step further. To use the SEC analogy, when I watch the SEC network or I hear any SEC people talking about football, they're usually pumping up the league. The ACC is not like the SEC. I think that's a feature of the ACC. I think that actually is our personality as people who watch ACC basketball, not to be shills for the conference. But Capel had issues with the ACC network. I don't think it helps when we, you know, have our own network. And there I was watching uh, when we were at Virginia Tech the night before. I'm watching our own network. And the, one of the first questions that comes up is, is it perception or reality that the ACC is down? And I never see that on the Big Ten network. Yeah. You know, I watch the Big Ten network a lot because my one of my best friends is coaches in that league, and so I'm watching them. And, man, they are always, always pumping the Big Ten, always. And I, I think it's a really good league. But I think our ours is too, and I wish the people that represent us um, would, would – you know, would have the respect and pump our league and be positive instead of looking at negative things. So that's Jeff Capel, pit head coach, on Monday during the ACC teleconference. And I'll respectfully disagree with, with Capel on that front. I don't want the ACC to be like the Big Ten or the SEC when it becomes a shill for the conference. That's not what makes the league. The league has its own standard when it comes to basketball. And if they feel or if we feel that the ACC is not up to that standard, well, then I think it's perfectly okay to call that out, to say this is not an ACC vintage season. That is okay. I'm not going to put, and others should not put, their credibility 
on the line just for the sake of the ACC. ACC ain't paying my bills. Capital Broadcasting's paying my bills. So unless I'm getting a check from Jim Phillips, I'm really not all that concerned as to whether or not the ACC feels good about what I have to say about it. And others shouldn't have to worry about that either, even as a league partner. Which gets us to, and I, and I say, like, we're we're technically a, a corporate partner with NC State and Duke, okay? Capital Broadcasting, we carry their games. But that doesn't matter because we will still have the credibility to talk about these teams as objectively as we can. And there's been some pushback about Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner, and whether or not he should kind of be out there saber-rattling on the ACC's behalf. And I'm thinking to myself, what is that going to accomplish, what is Jim Phillips, who doesn't really know much about the ACC in general, he's still learning the ins and outs of the league, what is that going to do? But I will say this. There is one criticism of Jim Phillips and one that I've, I've experienced myself that John Swafford, the previous commissioner, was really, really good at. That was building consensus, building relationships within the footprint of the ACC and those who cover the league. And if you feel like you have a good relationship with the league, well, then you're more likely to talk about the league in the way that you would want them to right I'm not saying shill but at least be out there arguing on behalf of the ACC with the right context for these conversations Jim Phillips in my estimation in my own experience has not done a good job of that because the ACC was built largely on blocks of media on the local level now I have to be realistic about where the media is these days the days of large North Carolina newspapers and TV outlets and radio outlets is gone. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to a press room, it's diminished by the numbers every single season. Okay? And the same with Virginia. North Carolina and Virginia under John Swafford were usually setting the tone for conversations about basketball along with the ACC being really, really good. That doesn't exist anymore. And then, okay, well, what about the ACC network? Well, slight problem. The ACC network is simply a the ACC network shows you where college basketball ranks with ESPN in terms of priorities. To say that it's checking a box is probably too crass, but I can tell you based on the production value, who they assign to games, how they talk about these things, that college basketball in general, not just the ACC but in general is not a priority for ESPN. And when it's not your priority, well, the way in which your league is talked and the people you hire to talk about your league is going to be reflected by that, okay? So that's just the reality of the business. But there is one thing that I think can change, and this gets back to the coaches, all right? So the Hall of Fame coaches have all left, and the ones that are remaining aren't as, shall we say, media savvy as the ones who left, I mentioned Jim Beheim. He's cranky. He needs a nap. But you also got Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's won a national championship. Tony Bennett is well-respected, but Tony Bennett has zero interest, zero interest in playing the media game. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head coach, was channeling me last night at PNC Arena when he said this about other coaches talking up the league the same way that Coach K used to before he retired. Maybe we need to do a better job of talking about our league as coaches. I think we should all be supporting each other. I'm so happy for Kevin. And he turned his state. He had a hard – he came in here and won last year. And we got him at our place, but he came in and swept us. And, and I know he was feeling some heat. He's doing a hell of a job. Just like John Shire is doing a hell of a job following a, a final – a legend. It would be like following John Wooden. 
would you, would you want to do that? Gene Bartow lasted two years doing that. And then he went to UAB and started a program, okay? And then he lost two games, too. I don't know, man. I, I just think uh, we got a great product. We've had some Hall of Fame coaches retire, two, two guys on Mount Rushmore. There's going to be a little bit of that, but it can't be me because it can't be Mike Young. So it's got to be some of these other guys that, you know, are, that are, um, have accomplished a lot in this league. I'm just trying to get our program back to being competitive and respectful. I'm not going to um I'm not I'm not going to speculate as to what Steve Forbes was getting at, but I'll just go ahead and say it for him instead. He needs accomplished coaches to promote the league, not go and whine to reporters about who bought what teams, i.e. Jim Beheim. More of promotion, less of whining, and maybe the ACC gets talked about a little bit differently. Of course, the easiest answer here is win, which the ACC can do potentially again in March. And obviously we'll talk about the league wholly different if they have another successful March run in the next couple of weeks.